It is so good to see live versions of yourselves, and I really do appreciate it. Um, we're all a little bit rusty on how we usually uh, go through our uh, format, but uh, how many know it's still uh, lifting up God. We're doing the, uh, the thing that we're called to do, and that's to praise the Lord and lift Him up. And uh, I, I'm just excited to be able to minister to uh, uh, a live group of people here. Not everyone uh, decided that they were going to come. That is perfectly fine. If you don't feel comfortable, that is perfectly fine. Um, I know that there are several that watch on uh, our live streaming, and uh, I'm grateful for that. And uh, I pray that uh, we're doing something a little bit different this morning. Uh, we need a little bit of feedback on what we can uh, do to improve that. The guys are working hard at uh, getting us set up uh, where it's... Uh, just to be honest about it, a little better quality. So uh, we're uh, we're working on that, and uh, we'll uh, be expecting any kind of feedback that we can get on that. That'll uh, be encouraging, though. Don't be crucifying us on it. So anyway, uh, I'm just excited to, to be here this morning. It's a wonderful day. It looks like outdoors. Um, beautiful uh, Sunday morning, and uh, I just feel. Uh, excited. So if I get, when I get excited, a lot of times I start to talk a little bit fast. I get a little tongue-tied once in a while. Uh, just be patient with me if I uh, get to going too fast and stuff for you. And um, if I uh, get my words all tangled up, just be patient with me. Um, so at this particular time, uh, I don't want to uh, postpone anything any further. It's uh, time for our Typical tithes and offerings. Um, we're not going to pass the bucket around, but um, there will be somebody at the end of the service um, that can uh, take uh, all of the offerings if you feel more comfortable by putting it in the little box by the side of the door. That would be great. Um, for those of you that like to continue on uh, mailing in your offerings, it uh, the address is 505 Roseville, Illinois, and uh, the P.O. box is, uh, excuse me, the zip code is 61473, so if you feel like that option is the best option for you, uh, avail yourself to that. If you like the online giving, and I hear a lot of good things about the online giving, uh, it's the livinglightchurch.org, and uh, select the options that you want uh, to uh, uh, have your offerings go to there. Um, don't. One of the things I don't want to uh, miss out on is uh, uh, kind of encouraging you to go to the children's church uh, selection there and make sure you, that uh, you mark that and uh, your offerings can go there too. So... Um, with that being said, like, uh, like I said, we're going to uh, conduct our service as closely to the recommendations as we can. Uh, we even have uh, our insurance company that's got some recommendations as well. So please don't be offended if we're not hugging necks and shaking hands. 
Uh, eventually, we're going to get back to doing that, and I can't wait to put a bear hug on somebody. I don't care who it is. I will do that. And uh, I'm looking forward to that part. Um, and then uh, I know a lot of times after service, we, we this church tends to want to uh, fellowship a little while and get reacquainted and, with everyone. That's great. That's wonderful. But what we want to do, just to avoid any kind of uh, issues or whatever, uh, if you would take that right on outside, the free air is is all yours. Okay, so uh, you do whatever uh, makes you feel comfortable. But uh, please, while we're in the, when we're in the building, we're gonna keep it all to a minimum, the best we can. So. Uh, with all that being said, let's just get started. We're going to try to keep our services a little bit shorter. I'll do the best I can to um, keep my messages down and, and you know, and keep our time uh, to a minimum. But uh, whatever God wants is what we're going to do. Amen? Amen. Well, this week, um, I was just uh, praying about what God would have me to share, and there's uh, this whole idea, this whole thought that comes to my mind that I, I was uh, excited to speak on, because I know that we can all relate to it, we all have uh, things that we can share about it, and what God's brought you through, probably, um, and sometimes people uh, have, they, they tend to suffer uh, with different types of captivity different types of chains that bind them. And I know through this whole uh, ordeal with the COVID-19, many of us, we, you know, we felt isolated. In fact, that term has been used a lot. We've uh, been, some people have felt like we've been on house arrest. Um, the truth of the matter is, if we love God, if we're believers in Christ Jesus, we're born again. Yes, this, this, this man that we see, this, this body that we have can be uh, tied up and bound up and stuff, but inside we are loose and free and uh, we can serve God. Nobody can touch that. How many know no weapon formed against us shall prosper? That's what the Bible says. So my title this morning is Breaking Every Chain. And that's what Bryson and Emma were singing about this morning, uh, to break every chain. And the subtitle would be, Jesus is Lord of your life. And that's what I want you to uh, take in this morning. If you don't uh, get anything else, Jesus is Lord of your life. Not circumstances, not the government, not anything else. Jesus is Lord of your life. So for the past several weeks, we've all been affected at varying levels of experience. A unique experience for, mo for all of us, I'm sure. You know, being quarantined, I, I don't know that anybody, my dad is probably the oldest one here, I don't know that dad's ever experienced any type of quarantine like we've experienced here. I don't think I have uh, for any reason. Um, maybe a day or two with cold or flu or something like that, but other than that. So, but there's places in the world that I know 
they have to experience this frequently. And in fact, their lives are probably centered on being sheltered in and being isolated, quarantined, so to speak. And uh, they virtually uh, have lost their rights and their liberties and um, some of the things that uh, are going on right now, we can, we can relate to that. And some of our rights and liberties are being imposed upon. And um, we can, these are things that we've taken for granted, actually, in the United States. We're not used to people telling us, you can't go here, you can't go there, you can't do this, or whatever. And I'll tell you, it, something inside of me, just so you know a little bit about me, that fires me up. I don't like that kind of thing. So anyway, I'm not going to get into that uh, too much. But, uh, you know, some of the things that we can take for granted is our coming and going as we please, shaking hands, giving a hug when it's needed, going to a crowded sports event. I love to go to sports uh, events like the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Going to a doctor's appointment is something that I had I couldn't go go to recently. I had to talk over the phone. Well, how can the doctor, you know, get uh, really in touch with what's going on with me? Um, and so some people have literally had to postpone hospital visits and stuff, you know. I, and I've talked about that here recently too. Anyway, our lives have totally been interrupted, totally been interrupted by a microscopic virus, microscopic virus, and it's caused fear, and it's still causing fear, and I'm not trying to make light of it, you know, because it can be just as serious as, as they've been saying uh, if, if you're exposed and stuff, but it's causing Tremendous fear and concern for many, especially those who are physically compromised, you know. And um, so those are the people that I didn't expect to be here, and that's okay. I, didn't, I don't even really want them to be here if they have any concerns for that whatsoever. There, uh, there's no need in taking any unnecessary risks. But my problem begins. My problem begins when a safety issue is capitalized upon and becomes an opportunity for control and manipulation. That's where I start getting fired up. And when people want to exercise their uh, manipulative style or whatever you want to call it on people that are very much innocent. And that applies to every type of uh, aspect. That covers a multitude of things. People are innocent. It's the same thing as bullying. And for anybody that doesn't know me, I do not like bullies. My dad taught me about bullies. We don't like bullies. And I can't stand that. But anyway, when someone else's will is imposed upon another, it's simply wrong. And there's no... Any two ways about it, it's just wrong. So I'm going to pause right there before I get into my political uh, stance or political viewpoints and, and cause some sort of debate or anything. I want to get back on track to what I'm talking about. But it, it, these things do cause uh, a type of 
captivity and they wrap a chain and shackles around your throat, spiritually speaking, and your wrists and your feet, if that can create an image and build an image of how they used to handle people, especially in the Old Testament, and well, even in the New Testament for that matter, because we're going to talk about Paul and Silas here in a little bit. People were incarcerated and they were held captive where they could not move. And that's what, uh, you know, we kind of feel like spiritually and emotionally right about now. So many of you have experienced some of that. And like I said, uh, recently the house arrest term has been tossed out there. Isolation has been tossed out there. And a friend of ours, because of his human frailty, because physically he isn't um, particularly strong, uh, felt like it's not necessary to be here. And that, like I said, that's okay. And he's recommended not to get out because of the possibilities of his being susceptible to a potential contraction of the COVID virus. And he has spent time since March 15th inside of his apartment and has not been out with limited human contact and uh, limited communication, at least uh, John and I communicate over the phone uh, two, three, sometimes four times a week. And that's fine, that's great, and that's wonderful. And uh, whatever, you know, whatever uh, I can do to be a blessing to him. And it was just a couple of days ago, we spoke uh, also to a close friend of ours who works at the uh, rehabilitation center over here. And she says the, the level of depression is just getting uh, horrible. You know, people, the residents there don't uh, get out as it is very much, uh, if at all. Visitors can't come in, if at all. Um, maybe they can go to the doctor. And if they go to the doctor, then they're quarantined and isolated to the room for the next two weeks. So it's it's just an awful experience. And our friend Arlie over there, we kind of try to keep track of him through our uh, friend that works there. And Arlie is just upset and he's distraught because he wanted to be here in church. When was that, April, that he was planning on being here, Dave, Carol? May 1st. So in May, he was, he was planning on being here, and he can't be here. So he's very, very upset about that. So keep Arlie in your prayers, too, and everyone else. But you know what? It's Going back to talking about John, it's John's attitude that I found quite remarkable. I speak to him frequently, like I said, but you know what? With John, he hasn't allowed this thing, being isolated and shut up, to uh, conquer him, so to speak. He hasn't succumbed to all of that. Now, he's had his moments, but he hasn't succumbed to it. And quite honestly, when we speak, him and I have a good time. And one of the best things about John is he likes to pray right there over the phone for Kim and I and the family and, and the church. He's always keeping you in mind. And uh, he loves to pray for people. And he keeps on reading his Bible. 
And if you guys ever get the chance to, to visit with John, the perspective that he brings from the Old Testament is, is amazing. So keeping that in mind. So he reads his Bible as well. And so many times he's encouraged me uh, with his faith and his simple prayers. He'll use a Hebrew word or something to express some of his uh, uh, prayers. And it's been a real blessing. So I praise God for John. And this is what the message is about this morning. Jesus is the Lord of your life and every set of circumstances that you're going to go through. And like the song says, he's a chain breaker. That was another song I was hoping Emma and Bryson might sing, but uh, we didn't get to that. But he's a, Jesus is a chain breaker. Amen? He's a chain breaker. Turn with me, if you will, to Acts 16.25, and uh, we'll begin reading there. Acts 16.25, and I'm in the CSB translation, and I hope you can follow along. It's a little bit simplified, a little easier reading than the King James, which I've uh, studied and learned the Bible basically through the King James before I started with this translation. I'm going to get a Kleenex because i got an eye that wants to weep this morning. Acts 16, is that what I said? Okay, Acts 16, starting at verse 25, and we'll read down through 34. And I'm not going to finish the entire story of Paul and Silas here, but there is a a big portion of uh, this story that I do want to cover. And it says in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. There they are, Paul and Silas. I'm going to stop there for just a second. Paul and Silas, they're wrapped up in their chains and and their shackles, and they're inside of this dark prison, and it's midnight. You can't see a thing. There's very little light whatsoever, but there is some light, and the light that they have primarily is the light that's within them. In the middle of this um, chaos and in the middle of the isolation, how does that make you feel? How did that make you feel? Just answer that for yourselves. We're not going to take a vote or anything like that. But, I mean, how did you feel that you were, so to speak, handcuffed and, and I don't know, maybe hogtied in this whole thing. Maybe you felt imprisoned. The point, one of the points I want to make is none of that was your fault. None of this was a result of your wrongdoing. It was just something that happened. It wasn't your fault. And uh, you were, so to speak, trapped in your own home and locked down. Not, not that your home is a dark, dingy dungeon or anything like that, but I'm talking about in your mind and in your spirit and your emotions. So what was going through your mind at that time? Because I'm telling you folks, that's where the enemy wants you to go. He wants you to go to the deep, dark recesses of your mind and start feeling sorry for yourself. That's how it will start. He wants you to go to that little playground in your mind and He wants you to play games with Him. We all know the Scripture that He roams about 
like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we all know, uh, we've taught about that before. We've studied it with Carol and, and uh, had uh, our good Bible studies and stuff. We know a lot about that a particular verse. But that battleground is right there. It's the, it's the battleground of your mind, and it's when you are in particularly idle. I mean, you know, when you get sitting around home there and you get to feeling sorry for stuff, you become a little bit idle. You, you're, you laid your armor down in the corner, and it's when you, that's when you feel trapped and handcuffed, and that's when you can become the most vulnerable is when you're isolated. And it's that particular time that you have a couple of different options when you come to that place in your life. Number one, you can fight back and you can kick back and you can argue and scream with people that put you there or what you think people have done to you or whatever. You can feel like it's somebody else's fault for all these injustices and that may be what Paul and Silas could have been feeling because they were put in jail And they were completely innocent. The only thing that they were guilty of was preaching the gospel. Either way, we can take it, we can take it that way or we can take it the way Paul and Silas did. Their incarceration, they took their incarceration as an opportunity to love, worship, pray, and sing hymns to God. Either way, my point is, out of verse 25, is that there were people, other people listening. There are other prisoners listening. So are you weeping and crying in your circumstances, letting them, your circumstances dictate to you, or are you living according uh, to the fact that Jesus is Lord of your life and He's granted you peace at these particular times? They could have fell into a slew of despond, probably much like what the rest of the people in the prison were feeling like. But there's people listening and watching your responses to all of your surrounding circumstances. And if we demonstrate the peace that Christ has given us and that God has granted us, then there can be a remarkable outcome. And that's what we're going to see here before we get done this morning. Remember, Paul and Silas were in a very dark and filthy place. Now, I'm not suggesting your home is a dark, filthy place or anything, but being in a prison, you can have a lot of dark thoughts. And um, it's, where, it's because it's where the enemy wants you to go. And he's filling your head with all of his propaganda. Okay? And he's giving you the sense of hopelessness and anguish and disparity and desperation. And Paul and Silas, we find out, weren't crying and weeping for uh, being unjustly put into prison, but instead, what did we find out? They were praying and singing hymns. They gave glory to God for His goodness. You know what? They did it out loud. Imagine that. They did it out loud. How many, how many times have you cried out and just praised God in public or where other people can hear you? It's a novel idea, actually. 
here's part of the thought that I had going into this too. I would have loved to have heard those prayers. I would have loved to have heard the songs that they may have been singing. One of the thoughts came to my mind uh, was that they might have uh, used Psalm 119. It's a very lengthy psalm. It's 176 verses. But they may have had that memorized. But instead of acting and reacting to what was going going on around them externally, they responded to what was going on inside of them. And I think that's an awesome uh, thing to think about is what the peace of God and what Jesus has done for you and what He's doing inside of you. They responded to what God was doing on the inside of them. And like I said, they may have been um, looking or actually singing the Psalms, and I wanted to pick out a couple of the verses, if I could, of what potentially comes out of Psalms 119. I meant to uh, type those in, but I didn't get it done. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 3, if you just want to jot it down and read it yourself, says, How happy are those whose way is blameless. Paul and Silas' way was blameless. They weren't doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything wrong. Verse 2, it says, Happy are those who keep His decrees and seek Him with all of their heart. They do nothing wrong, and they walk in His ways. Verse, uh, Skip down to verse 23. These are just random verses that I selected out of there. It says, Though princes sit together speaking against me, your servant will think about your statutes. Sometimes we need to uh, take the time to just think about God's Word and think about God's Word when we uh, are forced into circumstances that are uncomfortable. Verses 24 Though, or 23 and 24, Though princes sit together speaking against me, your servant will think about your statutes. Your decrees are my delight and my counselors. Your decrees are my delight and my counselors. Verse 55 is one that I really liked as well. Verse 55. Lord, I remember your name in the night. How many know it was midnight when Paul and Silas were uh, incarcerated here? It was midnight. And And they might have been singing, Lord, I remember your name in the night, and I obey your instructions. He doesn't want you and I to worry or be distraught. Verse 61, I think is what I'm looking at here. Verse 61. Though the ropes of the wicked were wrapped around me, I did not forget your instruction. Amen. In verses 125 and 126, and we'll finish with that. Um, we could pick out all kinds of them. We could read the whole psalm if we wanted to, but I'm not going to do that. I am your servant. Give me understanding so that I may know your decrees. 
It is time, listen to this, it is time for the Lord to act, for they have violated your instruction. How many have ever felt that way? It's just time for God to act. It's time for Him to act. They were demonstrating, Paul and Silas was demonstrating that Jesus was Lord of their lives and not their circumstances. So what was their result? Let's look at verse 26. Suddenly, listen to this, suddenly there was, a, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaking, shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains came loose. Listen, folks, your circumstances just may be the same circumstances as somebody else or something quite similar. There's people all around you that are experiencing similar circumstances. There could be lots of other thing, uh, folks going through the same thing as you and I. And we're, we need to represent Christ. We need to demonstrate what He's doing on the inside of us, experiencing that liberty and the freedom that He has granted us. Chains represent captivity. We all understand that. They represent restriction. And so much of the time people think, and here's, a, here's something that I've noticed and, and over the years, a lot of people think that you and I, because we're believers in Christ, because we're Christians, we ought to be immune to trouble. And that's just simply not true. In fact, it might be just the opposite. We might have a little more trouble than the average person. I'm telling you. Nothing could be further from the truth. We can't allow that, though, to diminish our faith. We can't allow that to diminish our relationship with God. And people tend to want to mock you. I've had people mock me before, uh, and they'll say things, I thought you, uh, you were praying about that thing. It's still hanging around. Things are still happening to you. I thought you were praying about that thing. I thought God was a good God. It looks like to me that you're no better than I am. Those are the kinds of things that you hear from the enemy and from other people. Yeah, we might be impacted by our circumstances, but we may even be told we can't go to church. Uh, we're not allowed to congregate. We can't allow ourselves to be silenced, however, to the point of being having it impact our faith and our behavior as the church. And the point I'm trying to make is this, is the way you respond to all your circumstances or whatever thing that imprisons you uh, that you might be suffering from, we, we pray when we can expect, when we pray, we can expect some shaking to happen just like Paul and Silas had some shaking happening and going on in that spiritual realm. We can expect some shaking to happen in our lives, and God will set us free, and it's quite possible He's just, He just may set a few other people free because of what you're, uh, the way you're responding to your trouble. Those people that are around you are watching you. They're listening to you. And... Um, he just may be impacting their life 
as well. Using the circumstances that you're in to impact their lives as well. Paul and Silas prayed and gave praise to God anyway, and it caused a reaction in the spirit realm where the entire jailhouse was shaken. And everything, everyone that was in that jailhouse was set free. It said the chains dropped off of them. Something I need to clarify here quickly, though, is that there are various types of chains and various types of captivity that will hold you. These are the things that wrap shackles around your hands and feet and your neck, and uh, they're causing you to feel suffocated, possibly. And I'm not just talking about uh, physical incarceration. I've never been put in jail before. Has anybody been put in jail before? See? Rebecca, she, you worked in a jailhouse. Dad, there's been... I don't know what that feels like physically, but uh, whatever the case may be, there's all kinds of different, different types of con, uh, uh, incarceration, but I'm talking about those emotional stresses. I'm talking about uh, things that you're going through, and sometimes you can't get a, a, a handle... And you can't simply get out of that funk that you're in spiritually where you feel powerless for whatever you're going through and it's uh, left you helpless and hopeless. So what is that for you? It could be any number of things, obviously. We've mentioned that before. It could be addictions, a number of financial issues. It can be health problems. Uh, and for some people that... I'm not so sure about anybody here, but those that might be listening, it could be a life of sin in general. It can be a life of sin in general for those that are listening in and saying, I don't have that victory, Pastor Rod, that you're talking about. Well, I'm telling you, today is your day. You can get uh, set free from even that life of sin if that's what the problem is. I'm telling you, that it's available to you today if you want it. Jesus is there to set you free and break the chains that bind you. What is it that's holding you down? Where, uh, where you can, things that can make you feel like you, you're helpless and hopeless. Jesus is your chain breaker. And I'm telling you this morning, God wants to shake things up in you and in your circumstances he wants to shake all that stuff up, and He wants to glorify Himself through you. And quite possibly, He wants to touch the people around you. Amen? Verses 27 through 34. I'm doing pretty good, I think, on time here. Everyone's chains, it says, were loosened in the beginning in verse uh, 27. And, it's, and it goes on to say, we're in verse 27. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, people have already been set free, the doors have been open, and the foundations were shook uh, to where the doors came open, and it says that he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself because we're all here. Verse 21 and 29, the jailer uh, 
called out for lights, rushed in, tells you how dark that those circumstances were. He, did, he couldn't even see. All he knew was the jail cells were empty. And he heard a voice in the distance, and Paul calling out to him, telling him not to hurt himself because they're there. And the jailer called out for lights so he could see. How many know when we're in our dark time, we need to call out for the light of Christ? Amen? And it, and they rushed in, and, and he rushed in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. When people need you and become so desperate, and you provide that light for them to follow, they're going to rush to you. They're going to rush to that. They're going to rush to God. He escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Verse 31, they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him along with everyone in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right away, he and all of his family were baptized. He brought them into a house and he set a meal before them, and he rejoiced because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. I mean, you know that that would be a wonderful experience. You and your whole household became believers and began to serve the Lord. Who can agree with me that that's a, uh, pretty much a feel-good story? Amen? That is a really wonderful story. And I guess if I could, I'd, I'd like to sum up this story with a couple of thoughts. There's a lot of things that probably uh, could talk about here, but a couple of thoughts here. The jailer woke up from all of the commotion and the chaos, and he saw that the prison gates were standing wide open. For him, for that jailer, because he was a Roman soldier, that jailer was responsible for all of those people that were in there, all of the prisoners. And because the jail cell was empty, they were set free, it spelled disaster for him. It spelled disaster for him. Because it was typical at that particular time for a uh, jailer or a soldier, if you will, to be subject to capital punishment because of the event of the prisoners escaping under his watch. So what is my point here? What my point is, what I'd like to share with you, is that the guard in this scenario was also held captive to his own unique set of circumstances. Not only was he working in the prison, but he was also being held captive and threatened if anything goes wrong here, you're going to lose your life. That's another set of terrible circumstances that can bring fear and choke you down and, and all these kinds of things. And he himself was in his own unique prison where he was free to roam around and do his job while others suffered injustices while under his watch. And he was practicing what he'd been trained to do. He'd been practicing what he'd been trained for but subject to the harshest of penalties if he, if he failed. That's an awful place for him to be in as well. It was the law he was upholding. 
sounds like the police officers here nowadays. They're in an awful position right now. Some of them are bad. Some of them are good. Most of them are very good. I haven't lost my faith in police officers. But it was the law he, he was upholding. He, was, he did what he thought was right in terms of what he had to do to perform his job and his duty to Rome. But one failure was going to cost him his life. And that pressure, folks, that's another type of imprisonment. The question here is that there are many people out there right now There is a lot of people right now out there doing what they think is right for them. Because it's their job. Or because it makes them feel good. And let your imagination go when I say that. Because there's all kinds of things that this could imply. Because it's their job or because it makes them feel good. They're doing what they think is right. But they couldn't be more wrong. So what about all those people? God wants to use you and your life, the things that you go through, to exemplify His glory and what you can uh, share with them as well. I'm telling you, God wants to touch other people's lives through you, and He wants to set them free. And it all stems from the prayer and the worship as Paul and Silas was our examples. It's going to take a vigilant, fervent prayer on our part to shake things up in the spirit realm in order to see some of these things happen. But you and I can be a testimony for the kingdom of God if our behavior aligns with the Word and God's will. So we need to trust Him and have faith in those times even if it feels like we're being possibly forsaken. Even if it feels you have uh, nowhere to go. You might feel that way too. But we need to trust Him and have faith in Him. Begin to pray, begin to worship, sing songs of Him. It's all about how we respond to our captivating circumstances that give sometimes gives opportunity to lead unsuspecting people to the Lord. So don't be ashamed to call on Him and sing about the wondrous love of Jesus when you have the opportunity. Demonstrate peacefully what's going on inside of you rather than reacting to all of the turmoil and the chaos that's going going on around you externally. Sometimes it's a life-altering event like this prison, or this prison guard experience. It was a life-altering event. It could be a devastating earthquake like what happened in this prison scenario. It shook up everything. It got people's attention. It could be other types of natural disasters that give opportunity for you to reveal who is Lord of your life. Is it your feelings and your emotions, or is it Christ Jesus? In the case of the guard, it was a personal threat on his life that got his attention. But Paul and Silas were able to intervene and reach him in his self-made prison. But in the end, he and his whole family surrendered to the mercy 
uh, and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it kept him from harming himself. The grace in the Lord, he and his family were saved because of the final comment here that I want to make in closing, the subject matter I wanted to share with you is notice that the, the soldier and all of the gratitude that he had. Notice the gratitude that he had for the mercy and the grace being extended to him. What do, you, what do I want to share uh, to you about in this uh, particular part of the story? The Bible says, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. So when someone recognizes the grace and the mercy of God and it has been expressed to them and their lives have radically changed, it will always result in gratitude. It's always going to result in gratitude. It's all about God and His glory. This whole thing is all about God's glory. It wasn't even so much about setting them free, but it's been because of God's grace and mercy and the glory that belongs to Him. And when someone notices our behavior and begins to receive the kingdom of God into their lives, then our circumstances were all worth it. We may not think that way while we're going through it, but if we keep our behavior, we keep our mind, begin to pray, pray to God and worship Him, it'll eventually be worth it. God will be glorified in your extenuating circumstances. And if we maintain that Christ-like behavior, if we don't allow the external forces coming against us to shake the internal peace that we have with God, then we can honestly say it was all worth it. So, give me five minutes and I will be done here. Closing, in my closing, I, I, I just want to say I love this particular passage, if you want to turn to Isaiah 61, you can read it for yourself. We're going to just read uh, three or four uh, verses here, selected verses. And this will be my closing. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to skip down and read verse 10. Very simple. Very simple closing this morning. Isaiah 61, verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is on me. This is Isaiah prophesying Jesus' ministry. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Listen to that bring liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair, and they will be called righteous trees. Planted by the Lord to glorify Him. See, that's what Paul and Silas were planted in that jail cell for the purpose of bringing glory to God. Now, skip down to verse 10. It says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. I exult in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation. 
wrap me in a robe of righteousness as a groom wears a turban and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Jesus wasn't just... Because when we go to the New Testament, we know a lot about Jesus. We knew He grew up as a carpenter's son. Jesus wasn't just a carpenter's son. And that's what many in the New Testament supposed about Jesus, especially if we look in the the book of Luke in chapter 4 and those things. His ministry was prophesied in Isaiah 61, but then it's fulfilled, obviously, in the New Testament. Jesus' Jesus' ministry was to bring good news. He was to uh, heal those that needed healing and proclaim and set captives free. This is what He was called to do. He was to proclaim the year of the favor of the Lord. Folks, if you find yourselves, or if you have found yourselves incarcerated in any way, shape, or form, whatever that means to you, where you don't feel like you can move, you're bound up and you're tied up in whatever way, shape, or form, and you're being bullied, so to speak, in the spirit by worries and cares and fears of uh, a virus in the natural, or any other type of fear, let me say this, and I'm going to close with this statement. Jesus is our chain breaker. He doesn't want you to live that way any longer. So wherever you're at right now, He doesn't want you to live that way any longer if you're bound up and tied up. It's time for you to trade in your prison garb and exchange it for the garments of praise. Amen? That's what Jesus is all about. That's what He wants to do for you. And He wants to uh, set not only you free and and you and your family, but uh, everybody else around you. He wants you to uh, express His grace, love, and mercy, and His freedom to everyone around you. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer quickly. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank You for the Word of God that's going out right now and is touching hearts and lives wherever they may be even now. Father, You came to, You sent Your Son to proclaim truth and freedom to set captives free. And Father, today, right now, I know that You're able to do that You're shaking up people's lives, their hearts, and you're shaking up their circumstances, and all of the shackles and all the chains are going to be broken, and they're going to fall to the ground, and their prison cell is going to be opened, Father God, and they're going to have a new life in Christ. And I know, Lord, that they're going to gratify you, they're going to glorify you, Father God, and it's going to... be a wondrous occasion for each and every one of them. And so, Lord, I ask You to touch them, set them free, Father God, deliver them from their uh, sin. If there's sin in their lives, deliver them from being a sinner, Father God. 
and touch them in a special way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. While I was praying, something did come to my mind, and I know Kim's already shut the the phone down, but several years ago when I first started here, I was a boozer and whatever. And I've told you, um, most of you folks, at least one time, that that's the lifestyle that I led. I just, I like to drink. I thought if I wasn't out drinking and, and sitting at the bar, I might miss, miss something, you know. And that's what I, the lifestyle I led among other things that I was doing. My point is, is after I finally gave my heart to the Lord, I had a dream. And it didn't occur to me until years later what that was all about. It was very simple. I had a dream, and it was a dark place, and I was in a jail cell, but the door was open. And guess who was standing on the outside of that? Clayton Bowman and Tim Bowman. So my point is is that the ministry, the ministry that they provided to us here, you know, through, through Jesus and the anointing of God and all those things, had that date planned. And, and I'm just so grateful that uh, I came across the Bowman family and uh, their ministry set me free. Uh, of course, it was the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I know, but I, I, I want to give credit where credit is due. They honored God. They loved God. They were obedient. And it was that ministry that uh, I was saved under. And I, I'm, I'm just grateful for it. So I just wanted to share that little testimony with you. Okay. Praise God. We're dismissed. So if you-